This is Analog Spectrum. What it might sound like if Kim Kardashian and Bigfoot did a weekly podcast. Okay, we are recording. Edit, schmedit. Who needs to edit? <laughs> edit like we're on Reddit. <laughs> oh my God. I could have been a rap star. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. You could have been a rap star. I could have been. Yep. I, hey, look, Eminem. <laughs> um, well, I was going to put that in there, but I'm not now. <laughs> well, anyway, sorry. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, we're back. This is Analog Spectrum, and this is Tony, and I'm here with Doug. Say hi, Doug. Good morning. Uh, nice. And it is morning. And yeah. we also have uh, Lucy with us, who now is going to get a hosting credit. She's had enough episodes where... Yes. <laughs> Lucy the piglet, the otherwise piglet. known Chihuahua. <laughs> she is with us. Hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to do uh, some stuff today. But first, I'm going to ask Doug, how you been doing? Good, man. Just busy, busy, busy. Same. Yeah. yeah. We were talking earlier. I just got back from San Diego, went out there for a conference. Uh California, yeah. <laughs> wow, I thought we were going to stay out of politics. No, I thought well, that, you I get me going, started. I wasn't this. going politics. I, I was. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, it was San Diego is beautiful, but uh, but I can see why. You know, once we did some looking at some uh, housing prices and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Now you know why everybody's moving to Austin. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, all right, uh, for today we are going to talk about uh, we, we did the uh, what did I call it the fantastic film transposition. We we're going to do that again uh and uh we're gonna cue the applause <laughs> I, and the booze, I, I, of course, I could yeah. find that probably <laughs> yeah i'm sure you could so we're going to talk about two movies and and uh as we always mention we we struggle a little bit with topics and both doug and i are pretty busy right now and and i, I we just grabbed two movies that neither one of us had seen uh, i'm actually interested in this conversation uh only because i you know i think well i'll find out i know that i gave doug a movie that is on my list of movies that I like, I guess. Uh, and I don't know if Doug did the same thing. So so I'm probably not going to fall on my sword. Uh, he wanted me to watch The Legend of 1900. Mm-hmm. And I asked him to watch watch uh, MASH. Now, I know I always say this. We're going to get dig deep. And uh, if you haven't seen him, uh, I don't give a crap. There's going to be spoilers, but yeah, who cares? Spoilers. Yeah, but these movies, are, these movies have been around for both. One's been around for, I think, almost 25 years. Another one, almost like 45 yeah. or so. Well, so. MASH was 1970, I think. 1970, wasn't? exactly. Yeah. So uh, which one would you like to start with? And, and, that makes no difference to me. And again, uh, Doug had never seen MASH. Now, kind of breaking the rules a little bit because uh, clearly he knew what the idea, what, what the concept yeah, of yeah, MASH yeah. was. Yeah, you I'd know? seen the TV show when Every, I was a kid, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and But I had never seen Legend of 1900. That was a completely new thing to me. Cool. Uh, uh, so, I think last time we started uh, with your. I think we started with funny games. We last did. So time. we'll start. We'll start with Mash. Okay. So what did you think? Uh, I'd say probably bottom three movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> so those are, to, to set the tone. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I'm not going to follow my sword for. Yeah, it. I understand. Yeah, you but, shouldn't. <laughs> and those that have not seen Mash again, that was a 1970 directed by uh, uh, Robert Altman. Uh, and, he should and, be shot. <laughs> and I thought the one thing that was, I, I went back and looked at it. I, I always remembered him being, uh, oh, well, first, just an idea behind it. Uh, it was originally based, it's based on a book by uh, by Richard Hooker. And Richard Hooker her was actually, uh, there were two authors, whatever you call that. Was, uh, co-authors. Yeah, co-authors. But there was like, a, what is it, like a nom de, but when, when authors use a uh, uh, made-up name. Yeah, yeah, pseudonym. Pseudonym. yeah, pseudonym. Yeah, uh, pseudonym. For a. Uh, 
for uh, a surgeon by the name of H. Richard Hornberger and a journalist named W.C. Heinz. They were actually the two writers of that book. And it was published in 1968. And uh, and, and it was just about... Uh, and and uh, Richard Hornberger was a, a cardiothoracic surgeon that, that practiced in Korea. He, he was at okay. a MASH. And, uh, and I thought it was interesting, just one of... Uh, so, you know, after he came back, he had a, a long career as a cardiothoracic surgeon. Uh, so, but, but, and, and tried multiple times to get the book published, got it published in 1968. The movie was done a couple, couple, uh, years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, he actually, one of his quotes I thought was interesting when I was just kind of researching this, he says, uh, I thought this, uh, the movie was great, but the television thing isn't my kind of humor. It's someone else's idea of what medical humor sh- is supposed to be. The whole thing about the movie is that, uh, uh, it's just kind of a series of maybe, and and I don't know if it was supposed to be a series way, but, of shitty sequences. Yeah, like short vignettes of. Doug uh, mm. <laughs> feels strongly about this. <laughs> yes. a, a, a series of short vignettes. In other words, there's no real character development. I don't think, and uh, or anything like that. Maybe one or two of the characters uh, develop, but it's just about things that happened while they were in Korea working as surgeons. Uh, and that's about it. And so anyway, yeah, Rob, Rob, directed by uh, Robert Altman. It's funny because I I remember. Like people talking about uh, Robert Altman being like the you know kind of one of these top end directors, and I looked uh, I looked at like the movies he did, and there was a lot of like movies that you think you've heard of, mm-hmm. uh, but you're really not too sure. There Such was a, as oh like Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Popeye. He directed Popeye, the, oh, that geez. Robin Williams movie that was also terrible. And it was uh, I, there was one on there that I'm like oh I got to add this to the list just based on the name. This is maybe a movie that we should watch and just talk maybe about. We should watch it together. Like, no, well, it, cuss you out the entire time no no this is not Popeye this no. other movie was uh, uh, he did he directed one right before this one called Brewster McLeod oh, and it looks like it might be in that kind of uh, gator or or white lightning vein right eh, right but, uh, but I thought that was kind of yeah died ni- he died in 2006 so uh, so on yeah. that note uh, bottom three movies you've ever seen yep go why Oh, um, well, partly from what you said, um, there was no character development whatsoever. It wasn't even a story, really. It was um, it was a menagerie. I, I really, here's what I thought. This, mm-hmm. this, this was what struck me as I was watching it, and, and shortly thereafter was like, this was really a bunch of spoiled people that had the fortune of having backing enough to make a movie mm-hmm. and just did whatever the hell they wanted. They were just getting high and, and, and drinking on camera. There was no, there was no point to any of it. There was no, not even on a, uh, there was no redeeming quality I could find. And right. it was, I know it was supposed to be funny, but I am not kidding. I don't even think I cracked grin once, not <laughs> once, the whole thing. Right. Maybe I, I remember the only part of the film that I even vaguely enjoyed, and this was pretty freaking minor, was the football scene, the football game. Right, at the end. Um, or the last, like, 15 or so minutes, yeah. Yeah, and it felt like an hour, but right. it was, yeah, the whole thing was just, just awful. To me, it was like, it was just like Donald Sutherland and, and his group of friends just like, right. sure, let's stand in front of the camera and act like idiots. I mean, I, I honestly... I made a movie with my kid when he was nine years old, mm-hmm. and I think had more entertainment value than this. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I was just horrible. I just, yeah, just uh, just a total waste of time. I think one thing that's interesting is uh, is uh, well, okay. So real quick, also, could you mention the stars? Donald Sutherland. He played. And anybody that's seen the TV show and hasn't seen the movie, uh, there is a little bit of like a uh, like this kind of odd, uh, you know, like where you're very. Uh, 
you know, you always see Alan Alda as Hawkeye, but mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland played Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot Gould played Trapper John. There was also Tom Skerritt was in there. He played Duke, and Sally Kellerman played Hot Lips. Uh, Robert Duvall, uh, which is one of my favorite actors. I thought he was great in he there, was good, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, and and, uh, right, and other people, like some actor that I have no clue what else he did. Robert, uh, Roger Bowman played Colonel Blake, and mm. uh, what is it? Uh, I can't even say his name, but the, but the guy who played uh, Rene uh, Abergeon, Whatever he played, Father Mulcahy. He's the guy. That, oh. Yeah, he's, he's you know, which I thought he he played that same role in the TV series. No, different guy. What? Yes. Okay. A different guy. Oh, the only person that was in both the TV show and the series was Gary Berghoff. Radar. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, one thing I found, you know, and and I and and like I, I and I do agree with you on multiple points on this movie. I I think for one, this movie uh, was. Uh, uh, and, and my opinion has changed over the years okay. uh, in that uh, the movie, because uh, because what made me ask you if you'd seen it is, is, uh, uh, and this is, I'll try to keep this as short as possible, but the, uh, I, you know, I got audible books and I like to listen to books and uh, I actually had read because, you know, I'm in the medical field and, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of gravitate towards that stuff every now and again. And I'd actually read the the Hooker novel, the the the, uh, the original MASH that this was based on. Okay. But I'd forgotten about it and I, and I went, went to get an audible, but I, uh, you know, audible book of this. But I accidentally got another one uh, that was done by this uh, a different doctor. And it, and it and it was it was still called MASH, but it had a little bit of a different name. But it was a, a much more of a. Uh, uh, it wasn't, you know, a series of short stories. It was more about the the medical side of the mass units. Okay. Uh, and I'll post his book in the in the in the, uh, uh, the comments. Yeah. The note. And so now, so yeah, so I was kind of like, oh well, you know, let me go back and rewatch this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so then I said, well, let me I'll kick it to Doug if he's ever seen it. So, uh, but uh, but I know when this thing first came out, or like you know, there's there's certain things when I was a kid that that I think we talked about this where. I was like, man, you know, I grew up on Herbie the Love Bug and mm-hmm. Willy Wonka, and now, you know, my my dad was watching this on a Saturday on HBO or something like that, and mm-hmm. I watch it. And I'm thinking this is not a kid friendly thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that was the only thing that came to my mind. Right. Looking at it now, I do realize that you know, and and these these other doctors, like the doc, the book I read now, even the guy even commented that like Korea was a popular war, mm-hmm. uh, and Vietnam wasn't. This came out around Vietnam. This mm-hmm. is more of a, st- a story about Vietnam, right? Well, you know? so that that was one of my takes on the thing is that it was supposed to be a Korean war right but you would never know that if somebody didn't tell you you're watching this you would swear you're watching a vietnam film yeah and it was in 100 percent. it was made it was made uh, as a statement about vietnam yeah now to your point i do go back and watch it now and uh i think it, the the elliot Gould, uh trapper john hawkeye donald sutherland characters and even the Tom Skerritt character, to a lesser extent, they're supposed to be. And let me finish on this. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be the likable guys in this. They're supposed to be the likable, fun, and, mm-hmm. you know, Animal House kind of guys. I do not like them. I do not. Mm. I think they are horrible, horrible people. I mean, like I watch this now. I get. I, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even have that much interest to to uh, give just, a crap. Yeah. That's, that was my point. Is like I, they they <clears throat> the characters were so. Thin, I guess, two dimensional. Yeah, that I, I, I didn't even see them as characters. They were, I could not get beyond the fact that they were actors on screen. Well, I, I just think a lot of what they did, like for example, you know, they, you know, they, 
they drop the mic while while you know hot lips and and burns are you know going mm-hmm. at it they mm-hmm. they do the shower thing with mm-hmm. hot lips they yeah like uh, they're in 13 years old yes and, and it was like porkies it was like yeah. the movie porkies you know and i'm kind of like you know uh and it's not even like a like a you know it's you not know, even hash- innocent yeah it's not, it's not even really a hashtag me too thing for me or anything like that you no know? yeah no yeah, no no, no, no. i'm just, just, just kind of i'm just kind of like these guys are assholes i yeah, mean yeah, and so so exactly. so i'm watching this and, and i get at the time they were trying to be like subversive i guess you know or whatever but so I, uh, maybe in 1970 yeah, when this came out sure. it was edgy but right she said well, a hard well, time well edgy and i think it was kind of they were trying to like thumb their nose at the man so to speak you know yeah but, but again you know you it's know, that, fun it's of the military that, yeah the whole thing and and it's yeah i don't know it's it's it was like they were trying to overlay hippie culture onto uh uh you know this serious a topic, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to say it. I don't know. It was well, only worth. It was, I didn't I, even look at it. I swear to God. Don't. So most of the time when we do these movie things, you know, and afterwards, I, I like to go into it not knowing anything, and then right. I'll look all the stuff up afterwards. Right. right? I turn that movie off. So I'm looking anything up. Tony wants to tell people who yeah, made it. Whatever. Well, I don't well, care. I, it, I'm not looking any of it up because I. To me, that movie was. You can burn every copy, and the world's a better place. I really, it was worthless. It was legitimately worthless. I mean, there's like funny games, right? We talked about that. Yeah, now, that movie. Uh, you know, you can you can take whatever you want out of it, but it actually had some value in the even if it's cringe value, it had value. Yeah, this movie to me had zero value. You really made like, well, zero none. I don't feel that strongly about it. I do think, I, like I said, I think there were things. Of, I think it was a. It's almost like again, I hate to I, I hate to continue using this comparison, uh, but we talk about how certain things have value, uh, you know, in the time that they were made, but ha- don't hold up, mm-hmm. and uh, and other things have value, and you watch them like you know years later, and you're like oh, that's still an amazing. I think right. I think at the time, you know, this clearly this clearly had a statement to make, and 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 I mean, there at the time the you know the Vietnam War was winding down, and and uh, and. And I, I think what they were doing, you know, you know, I don't know. Maybe there is some comparisons to nowadays, like how, 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 uh, you know, people, you know, people talk and act and terminology and so forth that might be put into a movie that people just kind of let it roll. They say no big deal, and then they're going to look back at it in, in forty years and say, "Gosh, man, what the hell were we thinking?" Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what that what this movie probably suffers from. You know, the, the lens of looking at look, the lens of the retrospectoscope, looking at it retrospectively, and that that it uh, it just hasn't aged well you know but again i don't know i mean i mean i wasn't impacted by the vietnam war you know mm-hmm. I, was, I was too young but but to me it is definitely a statement about that you know the and again i think it, i think broadly it's just you know pushing back on the bureaucracy i just don't like the way they did it yeah i don't so, even i don't even see that i yeah. see it i really honestly see it as a bunch of a bunch of hollywood spoiled hollywood elites that had some success prior to this um, and they and they totally abuse that. I mean, you know how many people go to Hollywood and want to be actors and, and want to want to create like literally legitimately create something that's valuable or or that people would enjoy or whatever. Right. And, and it, to me, this was a travesty because these guys. And again, maybe I've got their intent all wrong, but I actually don't give a shit. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> the truth of the matter is, I will I will never waste uh, one minute more on that movie and if anybody ever asks me i'll tell them to waste your time so it's terrible so just so we're clear you did not yeah, like one it. out of ten 
One yeah, like okay. I said, in I, fact, I, this I, movie, I, this movie, in fact, is um, instituting a new rule. What's that for you and I? No more bullshit. Like you can't like recommend shitty movies because I won't watch them from now on. I didn't know it was shitty. Shit. Yes, you did. You no, just said it was shitty. I liked it at the time. I didn't think you know. <laughs> oh, you know okay. who knows? Oh, who knows? Okay. It's subjective. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna buy you a box cool. of tissues. So yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> Jesus, at least I recommend good movies to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, you, rec- you, rec- uh, you recommended funny games. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's an interesting okay. thing. I found out about funny games. I did not know this. When I recommended that to you, I said to you like, don't watch uh-huh. the, the the remake, the Tim. Right. remake right uh-huh. i wanted you to watch the original german one uh-huh. i just it happenstance i i, I bumped into it because it was on my watch list right <clears throat> i saw the remake pop up uh-huh. so i looked at it and then i realized holy shit the same director yes and then so i looked at it and it was literally a shot for shot it was remake i didn't know that right and tim roth hates it he's like i won't even watch it it scarred me for life <laughs> Yeah. So, so well, I mean, I mean, that's the advantage of mash. It didn't scar you for life. Yes, it did. Oh Talk my gosh, I, I, I did know you were a delicate it, flower. It's sorry. Sucked out an hour oh and a half gosh. of my did life you, that I can never get back. Did you get a bubble bath afterwards? I did. did you light candles and get a little I glass of wine. I needed a massage or something uh, after that. Fuck. I, well, I, I tell you what, I get it. But again, like the funny games thing, it was still. If we want to get back on that, well, it was no, a hard no, no, watch. No, no. Okay, was, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not defending it in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. I, all, no, I am not. I'm just saying from my perspective i thought it was a, a good movie and the fact that it, it had an emotional impact on you but okay mash was like ugh. i can i can watch I can, I can go on youtube and watch videos of car car accidents yeah whatever get. go for it <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway right. okay 1900, 1900. 1900 yeah uh okay so 1998 <clears throat> runtime two hours and 49 minutes worth mentioning yes uh, it was long yeah uh so this is about a baby boy discovered in 1900 on an ocean liner uh, grows into a musical pro- uh, musical prodigy and never sets foot on land. Uh, directed by Giuseppe uh, Tornatore, uh, written by Alessandro Baracco, and also the same director, and uh, starring Tim Roth. Uh, and he played the titular character. Also, if you look at it online, they they list him as Novacento, which I guess is Italian for 1900, which is actually ah, a pretty cool Novacento. name. Yeah. Uh, That's my next dog's name right there. Novacento. I like it. That's a cool yeah. name. Uh, Pruitt. Hey, who was the who was the guy who had the funny eyes? Pruitt was, Taylor Vince. Yeah. He, I, I don't know. I've I'm on the fence on that guy, but anyway, yeah. He's Kerry. he's pro- prolific. Yeah, I yeah, know uh, he's yeah, made a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 My, 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 one thing I really remembered him from was Jacob's Ladder. Yes. Yeah, and you know he 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 actually kind of seems to that he's got the stagmus, you know, mm-hmm. which is the eye thing, mm-hmm. and uh, some people do get it where they just. You know, it just happens all the time. Mm. Or it can be a symptom of a lot of other things. But he's been in, like, Stranger Things, True Blood, Mm. Justified, Deadwood, does episodes of uh, uh, The X-Files and things like that. I thought it was interesting. Also, they listed uh, uh, the actress's name was Melanie Theory, I don't know, it's French, Mm -hmm. as uh, La Graza, which was the daughter of the accordion player, remember? Mm -hmm. And she had, like, the smallest part, but she's got third bill, whatever. Well... Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, for a couple of reasons, I think, but yeah. we can get into that. Yeah, yeah, and then you got Clarence William the Third playing Jelly Roll Morton. A lot of yeah, it, I don't that, know. That, it was yeah, okay, Carry yeah. Before I you know where project, he, you know where you know where he was, you know where what his big role was, huh? Mod Squad. He was the, the oh black, no shit. Yeah, he was the black guy. In Mod Squad. See now, there's one Mod yeah. Squad. Okay, this is what the, well, we're going to totally the left turn here. Sure. Uh, 
that's one I remember as a kid watching. I was a little kid, probably sure. like 12 or 13. Right. Uh, my brother was five years older than me, and he loved that show. Right. And I remember seeing it. And, and the only thing I really remember about it is was it was real, I guess for the day, it was real hip, you know? Yeah, of course. He just had a cool clothes on, drove cool cars right. and all that kind of stuff, you know? But I had no idea what the show was actually about. No. I don't know. They were sort of detectives or crime-solving people or something yeah. like that. but. Um, Definitely. Well, high, very high in style for the time. Well, you know, the whole thing with that then, and we're, oh, here we go. We're yes. almost a complete U-turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was, remember CBS had like the, the was kind of like the Hillbilly Network. And they had like Green Acres and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And they were just, even though those shows were very popular, they're like enough. And so CBS like went gritty. And Mod Squad was one of the first shows where they were kind of like, you know, we're going to cancel Beverly Hillbillies and we're going to bring, we're going to get gritty. Okay. And so the Mod Squad was one of those. But he was, his role was great in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, th- as far as the movie goes, I have nothing bad to say about the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, uh, I thought it was this interesting, uh, you know, amalgamation of Italian, uh, uh, you know, Italian film uh, with kind of a, a, some American sensibilities when it comes to filmmaking. Okay. Uh, I liked, I thought Tim Roth was amazing. You know, I thought he was mm. great. It's one of his earlier roles. Very much so. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I, and, and again, uh, that Pruitt Taylor Vince, he was fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, his, his acting, you know, he, it, like I said, he seems to kind of, uh, uh, kind of end up in a lot of these roles where it's, where he plays like a mental institute, uh, mental, mm-hmm. uh, Institute patient, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, I did find I will say, in, 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 from from my perspective, I found him to be a little bit distracting. The eye thing, yeah, was it, it like? I think they could have used different takes where his eyes weren't doing that for certain things, right? Because um, I did find that to be a little bit distracting. But they probably looked at it from you know from a character like he's a flawed character, which is great. That's what right. that's what you're looking for. But right, yeah. Anyway, I thought um, I th- he's I, pretty good. Though. I mean, as yeah. a, as a bounce off yeah he was yeah he was well there were times like when he was acting and i was like he's kind of chewing the scenery a little bit but yeah. with that said i think he was working best with the script he had you know mm-hmm. like there like there was the scene like like where he had to go to to the shipyard where they were going to blow up mm-hmm. uh the ship uh, which was the virginia mm-hmm. right or virginia and uh and he's arguing with the the ship you know, yeah, the, the yard, demo dude, yeah, yeah, the yard foreman or whatever, yeah. and uh, and it just—I think that was you know to kind of it was it was a little heavy-handed. They were just trying to move the the, the plot forward, right? And uh, so, but whatever, and that was fine. I thought like obviously it is a it's a, vi- a very visual movie. You know, there were scenes like there was one scene in there that I really liked where. I can't remember if, if if we were up to Tim Roth yet or maybe I think it was when, when uh, nineteen hundred was still a child. And he goes to where the ballroom is, and he looks through the awesome. the, the glass. Yes, yes. and uh, and the glass is uh, it's kind of a stained glass, stained, wavy yeah, glass. It's huge. It's probably fifteen feet tall yeah. and thirty feet wide, or and, something. Yeah, and, and just for all our listeners, uh, he's looking through the glass, and then the the camera starts to move into the ballroom, but the camera keeps that that kind of that through the stained glass. Yeah, the distorted yes, light the perspective, which yeah. was very cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the scene where 1900 thinks about leaving the ship, and he and this is much later in the movie where he goes down the gangway, and the camera pulls back, and you have the ship on one side, and you have the city in the background and on mm. the other, and he's, you know, he's small. And he's, he's little. He's stuck little. in the middle. Yeah, 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 and that was... That was a that was a but but all that kind of stuff was just visually rich. Yeah, you know? that's really classic kind of classic filmmaking. Yes, that it, yeah. it it did it did 
you know, even though I don't watch many movies from like the 30s, 40s, and 50s, mm. uh, it, it kind of had that style to it. Uh, one movie it really reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it might be something we add to the movie, is, uh, uh, what is it, uh, uh, City of Lost Children. You ever seen it? Hmm. It's a French filmmaker, and, and, it, and who, it, I think it's subtitle. Oh, uh, the only person I know that's in it is uh, uh, the guy who played... Uh, in uh, Sons of Anarchy, and uh, and was also played Hellboy for a bit. The hmm. uh, oh god, why is this Perlman? Name? Yeah, Ron Perlman. Yes, hmm. but but he again early role, very early okay. role. Okay, yeah, right? no, I don't think I've seen that. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, um, and 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 he doesn't play. You, you, it's clearly Ron Perlman because okay. it's, it's Ron Perlman, <laughs> yeah, you, right? You know, there's like, only one Ron like, Perlman. Yeah, like, the few actors that you look at, you're like, yep, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that Ron Perlman? Of course it is. Yes, but uh, but he, he does, but as far as his what he's playing, he's not he's not like you know that that uh, you know the heavy you yeah. know, machismo and whatnot. Anyway, but it's a uh, it was a uh, was it uh, John Pierre Junet is the guy who did that okay. French movie, but the whole like. You know, steam pipes, the the mm-hmm. rust colored steam pipes, and the fire, and mm-hmm. and the you know kind of odd angles, and, mm-hmm. and so the, very atmospheric. Oh, big time! That that that's kind of like that. And the other thing I thought that was kind of interesting is kind of if you look at like the movies of the other Italian movies, like Sergio Leone, as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously spaghetti westerns, and not that he, he did other things, but uh, like this director, uh, Giuseppe, call him Giuseppe. Uh, Giuseppe. Uh, he uh, uh, he definitely had a uh, had a kind of uh, interest in like unique faces, like for actors, like where he would mm. he would hold on a on somebody that you know, like oh, like it, the band director, yeah, those yeah. crazy eyebrows, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, like like most you know most actors and actresses in Hollywood, if it, if it isn't pure nepotism, uh, are mm. are you know beautiful people, yes. right? Yes. And uh, and and he, you know there was a lot of uh, a, there was a lot of times where he would frame uh, an actor's face, and you were like, it's just a, it's not ugly or anything, yeah, like, yeah. Not beautiful. just normal, it's just yeah, just, yeah. yeah, very unique, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, so that's how, it's, and I thought that that's very, was kind of refreshing, right? Right. Uh, as far as like the actual story goes, it, you know, again, two hours and 49 minutes for, you know, it was like a, a lot of, you know, a lot of time for not much, not much story, you right. know, and, 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 uh, it, to me, it kind of had that kind of fairy tale thing going on and what I mean it by did, it. Yeah. 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 I mean, because, uh, you know, the whole point and, uh, he never leaves the ship, you right. know, the sh- he ends up, he ends up dying on that ship, mm-hmm. right. When they blow it up. And you're like, just leave the damn ship. But you know, that's kind of outside right. the, outside the fairy tale world. You're like, he would leave the ship. Yeah, of course he would. Yeah, but yeah. you know, of course he makes that point at the yeah, end. But you the, know about he gives a little soliloquy there about yeah. you know how how terrible the world is outside. And whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's sappy. Yeah. I get it. It, it seemed a little overwrought. Yeah, I was kind of yeah, like, yeah. Uh, okay, you know. But again, I but, I but know yeah. that was what twenty some odd years ago, mm-hmm. right? And if you would have seen it back then, it didn't have that same effect. Yeah, I think so. You know, if a, if a younger person that hadn't been exposed to a bunch of that sort of philosophy sees it, right, they'd be like, okay, you know, they would they would get it. And I yeah. think that was the that was the impact it had on me when I saw it. It was like, right. oh, this is you know kind of cool. He's made his choice and whatever sure. that. But again, it was two hours and forty nine minutes <laughs> yeah. to make a point that you know I was just kind of like, all right, you know, yeah. and it was, uh, you know, I. I kind of knew where we were. I mean, it, it wasn't like you know I was expecting him to like, oh shit, well I got to get yeah, off yeah, this yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah. But so, so tell me this: what about what about the the um, what what was your viewpoint on the storytelling? How they mixed um, the the retrospective storytelling when he was telling the story to pops because he was going to sure. sell his his trumpet, 
But then we go into current times yeah. when he realizes the ship's going to get blown up. And what, what was your... I liked it. I mean, a couple of thoughts on that. I That was, you know, I'm... I'm a, it, it didn't... You know, I, I was fine with it. But I also like it that it was a story. So it always has kind of... When, when somebody's telling a story... You have a bit of a third, you know, that third person, maybe mm-hmm. a bit of an un- unreliable narrator mm-hmm. giving a story. And so uh, so there's that, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it was interesting. The, the character Max is the is the is the Pruitt Taylor Vince character. So seeing things through uh, through Max's eyes, I, I did like that. I did like him as a character. I thought mm-hmm. he was interesting. Yeah, so do I. You know, but, I but this is the part that I that I thought was interesting is that you got to see the story through Max's eyes, but right. also through 1900's eyes. And then every once in a while, you got to see it through somebody else's eyes, like the ship's captain. Right. You got to, you got to, I mean, for as few times as he was in there, like if you counted at the time, the captain wasn't mm-hmm. in there very often, but he was a presence throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when, and I found that that's, to me, that's good storytelling because he's always looming there. Right. He wasn't the big heavy handed guy. He was actually pretty um, empathetic, right. but, but, um, yeah, I mean, and and then they used, and I didn't think they did this quite as effectively, and it's probably because of the style, but right. they used the music as a character. Right. And by the way, uh, the, uh, you know who did the music? Ennio hmm. uh, Morricone. I don't know that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, he also did the Good, Bad, and Ugly soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. This, is, this was clearly well after that when he had some... Uh-huh. Well, he's done a lot. He has yeah. done a lot of soundtracks. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, but, I, but the I, music was a it was a character. Like the music sure. was was it brought the movie to a whole another dimension. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I actually liked most of the music, but I I could appreciate it for what it was. You know. Right. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, I thought that was just a basic wholesome. Yeah, yeah it's it, good old fashioned movie. You it, know. It, you know, I I, I, I think not I, screaming from the rooftops or nothing, no. but it was a good story. And yeah, it like uh like a. Again, it, 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 it had certain sensibilities that I, I was, uh, you know, to the that 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 uh, that I I maybe struggled with a little bit. Like I was kind of like you, you know, I didn't roll my eyes or anything like mm-hmm. that. I was I was on board and it was fine, you mm-hmm. know. But again, it was kind of a it was kind of a fable or a fairy tale, mm-hmm. and uh, and once I was kind of on board with that, fine. Right. You know, uh, but uh, but but there was some great scenes and just like individual scenes in well, the movie. Well, we've talked about that before in that that uh, that sometimes as a director you have to have the 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 courage just to hold the camera on two guys talking. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and we talked earlier about the the uh, recording player farmer, and I do want to get your point on why they gave the the, the female actress uh, or actor uh, third billing or whatever. But mm-hmm. but with that said, uh, the, and that, that was one scene. Like I said, it it just seemed a little. I, 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 it's not heavy handed, but I, just I'm, a little too thick on the cheese. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Where where he's talking about the accordion player, farmer, father. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how he had he's he's a he's an immigrant. He's moving to uh, you know he's he's immigrating to the United States because mm-hmm. of all those things that had happened in his life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm losing losing memory on what exactly the point of it was. But uh, so the point of that scene, this is this is the the part where I was going to say right okay. there is I think you missed the point of that. And the point of that was that that is the only person that he had met during all of his travels. So for for anybody who hadn't seen it, he goes on this um, steamliner back and forth to Europe. Right. And it, it takes immigrants to the United States, and he's made, I don't know, hundreds of these right. trips back and forth since he was an infant. 
And um, he is continuously um, touted as this genius prodigal, you know, piano player because he plays stuff way beyond anything that anybody else has ever even heard of before. Right. Well, all of a sudden, he, everybody, he, they, 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 they show you how he, when he doesn't leave the ship, one of the effects of that is that there's this big party and yay and everybody's great. And then they all get off the ship and he's left there by himself. And he's, and he's, he's sort of dealing with loneliness, but he's also enjoys that part of it, right? Because he gets to self-reflect and all of that kind of stuff. Well, he's in one of these um, self-reflective moments and he's just tinkering on the piano and this accordion player starts playing stuff. And he's the only equal that he had ever met from a musical standpoint. And that's where his connection came from with the accordion player, is that the accordion player was playing um, similar things to him, uh, but he was playing on the accordion. Okay. And, and then, so then we, that the story that he told him was really just a device to connect him to the girl later in the, in the thing. But I think from the, from 1900s perspective, he had this instant respect for the guy because he could stand up to him musically hmm. where everybody else was. And that was evident to me when, um, what was not not Mudbone? Who was the guy? Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll. When Jelly Roll came on, I don't know if you got that out of that. I didn't get yeah, that out. That's of what all. I got out of it. That's <laughs> I what I got know. out. Of it. Well, well and that and that favorite. was so to me. To me, that's where the enamored reaction came from when he met the daughter. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. For one, on the on the, it wasn't like they were in doing like. You know, the devil came down to Georgia. No, no, no. Contest. But he could tell instantly. I mean, you know, wow. again, that's what I that's what I gathered anyways. That's what I got out of it. I thought he might have been abducted by aliens. Yeah. That's what I got out You're of so it. Full no, of shit. Shit. Dude, I don't know, man. I again, I just felt like, you know, he. I do feel like he connected with the guy. Yes. You know, I do feel like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, as far as them being, you know, equivalent musicians. But because he was any time that that he, that uh, that 1900 would. And I, and I thought the music. Like when he would play mm -hmm. and they were doing the jazz, I really liked that. I thought okay. that was great because, you know, I'm not a big jazz guy, but right. it was it was but, off the hook. It was off the hook, yeah. and there were scenes like where he would play, and the way the director got apart got got across that he was insane was he would show like more than two hands playing. Yes. Like in other words, yeah. he he was playing so well that his hands would blur. Hands blur. Yeah, 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 and so uh, and I, <laughs> just I I thought the cigarette. Scene was okay, amazing. I was going to bring that up next. Yeah, I thought that was amazing, but uh, but it's just very cool. Yes. You know, very cool. Yeah. But uh, and, that, and that I, almost had that almost had a Tarantino kind of a vibe yes. to it. Yes, yes. And, and Tim Roth, it's Tim Roth. Yeah, he's right? awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I just but my thing with the the I I think that he did probably with the uh, the and and so the reason I I harp on the fact that she got third billing is I think she probably had like four lines and there was other characters on there for example like. His father, mm -hmm. you know, his his, his uh, foster father, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. and and uh, the ship's captain you mentioned, and the band leader, and all those folks, you know, they played a little bit more of a, you know, they they weren't as instrumental in moving him forward. I I agree, but right. but she was kind of, I felt that she was kind of his muse. And, yes. Yeah. And, well. Uh, yeah. Well. So in in the terms of the story, I right. think they they build that character as third, thereby building her as third, um, only sure. because she was the only thing that almost made him leave that ship. 
he wasn't drawn to anything okay. else off the ship. That's what he was going to do. That's, that's what he was gonna, exactly that's what he was going to go do. to go see her. Right. So that's probably where that came from. But I tell you what, when that when that first shot, it's been a long time. I watched it again the other day when I asked you to watch it. Right. <clears throat> and when that first shot came up of her, right, I thought, is that Uma Thurman? I just, I just, I just, because she has a similar mouth to Uma Thurman. I was wondering if that was a right. young. Uma Thurman, huh. and I had to look it up, and I had never heard of this chick before. Yeah, either, but I, but I thought it, she was she was really pretty in that very 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 European yes. kind of a way. Um, but I thought, you know, I mean, she was okay as an actress. She did okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing. nothing she to was write all, home yes, about. She was all yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, but from yeah. from the character, uh, the character was the obviously, like you said, the muse. That was the yeah, almost got him off the ship. Yeah, and I think that may have been it. I mean, I think he. You know, just felt a connection with her, and it was kind mm-hmm. of—I don't think it was coincidental that it was the daughter, because right. you know, I, well, I think that's kind of the whole I thing, think, right? Like, I like the honest, spirits. Yeah, you know, I think honestly, that was the whole thing with the farmer. Anyway, was was there need there need to be this connection between you know, you know? Oh my gosh, she's beautiful. Oh my gosh, she's the farmer, the one surviving child. You yeah. Know, and, so uh, I, I see so. that, but I also see from a from more from a like you know trying to write like you and I were trying to write that Grover story, which we should probably pick up. Again we should pick way. that back up. But um, from trying to write stuff, uh, you need you need the character like 1900 to right. not be one dimensional, and the way you can make that character not one dimensional is have him recognize things about other people. Mm-hmm that are um, outside of his comfort zone. So in other words, he, th- he he sees the outside world off of this ship as, I don't know, whatever, sheep or whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever mm-hmm. this, the, the grand society and all that. But he meets this guy who's very much like him. So now all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, not everybody is like that. Mm-hmm. So then he meets the daughter and she's beautiful for one. And so he's attracted to her, but then he realizes who she is, and then it's like, hmm, wait a minute, there could be there could be something out in that world that's actually worthwhile, but then he doesn't pursue it. So then, what that basically in story terms, what that does is, is give you a character that has dimension. Mm-hmm. It's like so he's making the choice to not. He knows there's something attractive there, but he's choosing not to go after it for whatever his own reasons are, right? And it's yeah. like at the end, you know, he chooses to stay on the ship. And yeah. So so if he, would, if he would have left the boat, gone to where she lived and tortured her for no good reason. <laughs> we would have been funnier games. <laughs> you would have been like, this is the best movie I've ever <laughs> best seen. Best movie ever. No, no, honest to gosh. Yeah, if they had a police makes soundtrack. Think, yeah. Makes you think, Tony. Yeah, if okay. They, if they had a police soundtrack <laughs> and it would be perfect. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so moving forward. Which, by the way, hold on, let me just say. Okay. That scene, that's the one scene in the movie I didn't like. Uh-huh. And, but it, it does illustrate a character point about him when he snuck down there and she was sleeping. Yeah, it was weird. And he went over there and kissed her when she was sleeping. And I'm like, that's some creeper <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> but it, then I thought about it. I'm like, we but talked he's, about never, he's never had any experience like that ever in his life. He's never had that right. emotional attraction to another human. So he's 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 exploring. He's He might as well be 10 years old, you know? Right. I, I thought, okay, and, and uh, I agree on that it, mm. it was it was still creepy it was a little creepy yeah. but i i did think things i did th- think about that was interesting was that whole italian versus american type thing mm. uh, you know who the, the, and and there, this movie was kind of a, gave you some historical perspective a little education the fact that this is the way you know they, they segregated women mm-hmm. they slept in this you know like a this Bunk massive house, yeah. yes massive birthing area i thought that was kind of interesting i also thought it was kind of interesting that this was 
you back on that fantasy fable type thing that this is this was an individual that could move through that ship almost like a ghost yes you know and because uh, he knew it so he well, knew yeah. it so well and i think that's an important point with this that and and also you know getting to the end of it and we're jumping around here quite a bit it did kind of make sense that you know he didn't want to leave his world you know that this yeah. was his world but it, but like i said it was a, a lot to, to get to that point and mm. and i think you had to buy into the fantasy of it to, to think yeah that he there's definitely there's definitely you have to disconnect yeah, a little bit. Right. But but getting getting back on that one scene that we talked about, just so everybody kind of understands, there was a character played by uh, Clarence William the uh, Third, Jelly Roll Morton, who was a jazz pianist that you know, who who was nothing but ego mm. and and condescension that came on the boat. He invented jazz. He invent, he, 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 yeah, he advertised himself as the guy who invented jazz. And and he'd heard about uh uh, Tim Roth's character in 1900 and how he was the best piano player ever and not to get into it too much but but he came on the boat and Tim Roth his character you know had never lived in the real world didn't understand competition and all that mm. and uh, and he was actually impressed and they, and they started having this this piano sh- showdown yeah the duel yeah duel and uh, and uh, and at first Tim Roth wasn't really taking it all that seriously. And it yeah, was he getting... just liked the way Jelly Roll played. Yeah, and, and he, you and know, he was. It was really an innocent take on right. And and he was and he was actually kind of uh, mirroring most of what Jelly Roll did. Mm. If he wasn't just kind of like blowing it off, mm. and he wasn't doing it in a mean way. He just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and. And I think he it was like the third. It's like the third round. Yeah, he said something. Jelly Roll, Jelly Jelly Roll said, said "Stick this up your ass," like in a real mean, right, caustic right. kind of a way. And that pushed, that pushed nineteen hundred. And so what nineteen hundred did was like he just played the shit out of the piano, mm. and uh, for like about like maybe ten minutes or so. Mm. And and I think it, well, before he so, done that, yeah, before he, he did, it, he borrowed a cigarette. Yeah, so Jelly spark. Roll, yeah, Jelly Roll yeah. made this big scene where he he lit a cigarette and put it on the edge of the piano, and he right. played this piece to perfection, just as the cigarette was about um, to burn, about the, to burn out, and then he picked the or, cigarette or up, burn, or burned the piano, yes, 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 and uh, and he and he picked the cigarette up and then dropped it in his little whiskey thing and yeah. you know he's just like all super egotistical and arrogant right and asshole-ish and whatever yeah so then the last the last scene when when 1900 <clears throat> borrows a cigarette right and he holds it up just like jelly roll did you know shows the audience and he doesn't light it he just sets it on the edge of the piano yeah and then he just blazes away on this piano like crazy and then afterwards he takes the cigarette and he touches it to one of the piano strings inside and lights the thing you know yeah it lights because it was heat. yeah because yeah. it was so hot yeah the, 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 piano, the yeah. piano whatever the the, uh, <laughs> the strings yeah what yeah whatever they're, those metal wire strings he touches it to that and it, it's so hot that it lights nice, the cigarette yeah. and so. uh, i thought that was pretty cool that was yeah, it was pretty cool yeah I, that was, yeah yeah, yeah. and mean, then he stuck he sticks the thing in his other mouth in in uh, the jelly rolls, jelly rolls mouth. mouth yeah the lit cigarette jelly rolls yeah. mouth yeah so I could have done with more scenes like that, but yeah. I don't even know how you'd have done that. Yeah. There was, there was, there. Like I said, there was. The, the, it was almost like a, you know, it wasn't a musical, but there was also scenes in there that were like, for example, would they be down in the when they were when they were down in the engine room with the crew down there? Uh-huh. That was almost like a music. It was almost like a musical. Yeah, it was. You know, yeah. It was very. They weren't chore- quite dancing around and stuff, but just about. Just yeah. about. It was almost like it was choreographed. What do you yeah. think? Uh, last thing I know, we're probably getting close to time here. Sure. What do you think uh, about the scene where uh, they were in heavy seas and rolling around with the piano? Well, you know what I think about that. <laughs> Because both Doug and I have been underway, <laughs> and uh, it's like you need to tie some stuff down. I, yeah. I did think I did think the 
the uh, scene where uh, yeah, where where the guy was getting sick and he uh, puts him on the piano. I thought that was kind of a cool scene. Yeah, it was yeah, neat, it was man. Like, it was neat. Yeah, we yeah. know better, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah, it's not gonna happen. But uh, no, it was it was uh, again fantasy, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But I thought, but. And like I already mentioned, he he was like a ghost in the ship. He was so familiar with the ship right. and the way the ship moved and everything that he knew that he could sit. You know, and the the scene that Doug is asking about is uh, is uh, there in that massive ballroom. The ship is in heavy seas. Uh, Max, he, he he was new to the ship. He came up to the ballroom. He was getting seasick, seasick yeah. yeah, and uh, and so he came up to the ballroom and uh, and uh, nineteen hundred was just sitting at this piano that was. That wasn't secured for C. Yeah, he and had it, the he had the, the the locks on the wheels, but that yeah, was it. Yeah, yeah, which was yeah. But uh, so he told Max he told Max to sit next to him and unlock the wheels. Yeah, and then they started playing piano, and as the ship was rocking and rolling around, the piano was was kind sliding. Dancing. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, you know, it was like a it was like a, a waltz. Yeah, the thing was dancing around, uh, and it wasn't hitting anything. And of course, at the end, it crashed through the captain's cabin. So. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. It crashed through the that that glass we talked about yeah. too. It crashed through yeah. that, and then crashed through that. And and down into the cabin. Yeah, it's so. funny that you mentioned that stained glass uh, scene because that was one of the ones I was going to bring up with you because I thought that was cool as well. Yeah. That diffused, weird kind of light. It was like a whole other world to sure. him and all of that. You know, and, and maybe in a way that's the way he just kind of viewed life anyway. I, yeah. You know, well, again, it's, to me, it's a great storytelling device to to get right. him to to get us to view what he was looking at in right. that way. I thought that was that was a really cool way to do sure. it. Sure. Clearly he was beyond us. I mean, he, he they, they kind of advertised him as this kind of musical savant, you mm, know? Yeah. But but it was beyond that. I mean, you know, and, and they never explained why he... No, well... Uh, but, but, they but never that, explained why Indiana Jones could do the stuff he could do either, right? So. <laughs> I don't even know, bro. It wasn't but, the leather jacket. <laughs> but, but what I mean to say is that... Uh, it was almost like he was able to channel. He had this yeah. kind of connection with people that was unusual. Yeah, you know, and and that's where his, a lot of his music came from. He talked about that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was no, it was it was like like you were saying. It's not my. It's not anywhere near on the top ten. Yeah, no. But it's but, just but, a good old fashioned movie. Yeah, I thought I could watch it. It, yeah. it, it was uh, it was unique for what I would normally watch. I wouldn't have sought it out. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, but it was right. good. But yeah. it's Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Yeah. yeah you know. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In this, I did some research on Tim Roth. Uh, yeah. Never. Never. Uh, uh, formally trained as an actor he's just you know so uh and well that's so, good because he kind of plays the same character every everything but whatever somewhat yeah definitely yeah. well you know Res uh, reservoir dogs you know mm. so he's he's amazing in that mm. one of my favorite plus mm. he's great in pulp fiction mm. so and they come back around to tarantino all right imagine that who knew <laughs> all uh, roads lead to tarantino <laughs> all right so i think that'll do us we'll we'll uh we'll end it there so uh so Doug hated Mash with us with a, the white hot passion of the sun. Yes, and uh, I think it's kind of okay. And uh, Mash should be removed from the uh, filmography of, of the world. <laughs> Doug doesn't have he's just not gonna have an open mind on Mash. And, uh, I had an open mind going in, and I'd slam like a damn vault <laughs> door, man. Forget it, get, done. Get out of my yard. That's and, right. And, uh, and then 1900, uh, I would recommend it if you're. Uh, if you do, if you have around three hours, you're not doing anything. So, yeah. yeah. Well, again, like you said, I think one of the things to know going in, if you're going to watch 1900, is it's very much a, it's like you know never ending story or something like that. You know, it's like it's, right. It's on. It's verging on that fantasy realm. So you just have to be ready for that. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, that's all we have. Again, thank you everyone for listening, and you have a great day. Thank the Chihuahua for not sounding too much like a pig. Not too much. This has been an Analog Spectrum production and presentation. 
Doug and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend some time with us. Knowing that you gave us a listen and supported our show really means a lot to us. I posted our podcast website in the description. If you get a chance, maybe head on over there and see if you'd like to download one of our previous programs. We talk about all sorts of stuff. There might be something we post in the past that you'll find interesting. And while you're there, please consider subscribing. That way you'll get notification of our future casts. Or if you prefer, you can search us out on just about any podcast platform there is. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and there's a few more. If you have a podcast app, we're probably on there. I almost forgot, we're on YouTube now. That link is also in the description. We haven't gotten around to producing videos yet, but all of our recordings are on there. It would be super awesome if you'd consider following us on there too. Finally, for any cast you have enjoyed, please leave us a review and a comment. Five stars if you don't mind. Once you're done singing our praises, please share our show with your friends and family. With your help, we'll keep growing our Analog Spectrum community. That's all I have for now. Please feel free to contact us at analogspectrum at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you just want to say hello. As always, thanks for joining us on this ride, and we look forward to hanging out with you again sometime very soon. Music